Let's pray. Loving Father, we bless you this morning, O oh Lord. There's no salvation in any other names, and there's only one mediator between God Amen. and us. Jesus Christ will give himself in ransom to us. Lord, as we gather this morning, Lord, we are so grateful, Lord, that, Lord, it pleased Yahweh to send you, Lord, that in you we might be redeemed. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide, inspire, open our understanding, that you might speak to us, Lord. That we might be equipped, Lord, and spare from lies and deception yes. and to await from heaven the blessed parousia, yes. appearing of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the word, the Holy Spirit, and the presence of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, salvation in which even angels yes. seek to look into because they don't understand. Blessed be your name. Glory be to you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Very short testimony. In the middle of the month of June, it was a very, very difficult month for me and the family because uh, after losing our, my uh, father-in-law, uh, Jennifer has two siblings here, a sister and a brother, so we had to spend time at one family because so many people were coming and staying until morning, etc. And we had to stay with them and had to rush to work in the morning. You know, I'm not a believer in fatigue, really, because I can work very long hours, but this time <laughs> I was put to test. You know, I had red eyes, you know, bought some drops and things. And it was a very, very busy period, still is of annual audit at work. So I'm in charge of preparing the accounts and submitting to senior accountant, external, and then auditors before the actual field work. So something happened, and I submit draft accounts of two years ago. That's quite serious. I don't know how that happened. Not even last year, but 2017. And that went to senior auditors and I copied the CEO and the business development director, everybody. A lot of nervousness. And I thought I had checked everything. And I went back home and, you know, accessed the email remotely and had a feedback from the auditor who was very, very upset and said, what is happening? How can you submit an account where all the balances are negative? Negative expenses. That is not possible. Well, I'm the head of finance. That's quite serious as a mistake, as an error. How do you explain that? Well, in the morning, Tuesday, I had to explain myself. I had to meet the CEO and you know other senior people and explain. And by that time, there was a lot of office politics going on. And uh, then we had our naughty car, <laughs> you know? We've called it a backslidden car. <laughs> because our car can go to Tesco, can go to Lidl, can go everywhere, but when it comes in the morning to the church, it won't start. <laughs> and, and, and yesterday I told Dashilo, our third daughter, I say, tomorrow, let's see who wins. 
<laughs> lot of things going on. And literally, I had spent about four, three to four days without actually really laughing or smiling. Well, I could pretend, but until one day, John called me, and we spoke, and then he said something really interesting. He said, uh, he said oh, I'm, I've been praying for you and, uh, and the church too. I say, I've been praying to you too. And he smiled on the phone and he said, oh, we've been swapping prayer. I said, that's a very good expression. Swapping prayer. Prayer swap. That's very good. And I smiled. And I told him, can you hear? I'm smiling. I'm laughing. In the morning, I prayed. I told the family, you see, in the story about the Red Sea, and this might be edifying for you. In the story of the Red Sea, quite often what we see is the impossibility of the situation. The Red Sea and Moses and two million people. Why am I saying two million? Am I being heretic? No. It says 600,000, yeah? But those are men. If you put an average two to three people per family, then, you know, 1.8 million is reasonable. <laughs> so, here is Moses with all those people behind him and the Red Sea. Now think about this. They are children, older people, maybe cattle, maybe, and baggages. And then you have the Pharaoh army coming very fast with chariots. And the Lord was able to withhold the, the army there, to split the sea. Can you imagine the movement, the logistic for that? And the Lord patiently, if you were Moses, try to imagine Moses telling people do quickly. But the Lord had his timing, very patient, until the last person passed. That's not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord waited. All the army of Pharaoh, all of them, to get into the water and they were buried. Amen. Think about what God can do. Amen. And trust God. Amen. Those things are not given for fun. They are given for faith. Amen. To know the God we serve. You have extreme example in the Bible. And they are given as such for a reason. Think about Job. And Job say, though he decide to slay me, I will still await on him. Radical faith. Those things are given for a reason. Amen. Be strengthened in his might. And carry on fighting the good fight of faith with God at hand to guide and to help. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Our hope for resurrection is the topic today. Our hope for resurrection. Don't worry about the pronunciation. Just, you know, my, my children, sometimes I say job, they say it's job. Sometimes I say about a job, job, hope, hope. I say, you know, it's H-O-P-E. Now, the resurrection of Christ is central to either establishing or disproving the Christian faith. A great intellectual and skeptic who sought to disprove Christ's resurrection once said this, quote, there would have been no Christianity 
if the belief in the resurrection had not been founded and systematized. So a skeptic understands that in order to disprove Christianity, you have to disprove resurrection. Well, if the teaching of resurrection was founded and systematized, as he said, then it will be easy to disprove it. But it wasn't. We say I find it very difficult to, call, to, to speak about the doctrine of resurrection. Because you see, doctrine only means teaching. But a teaching can be false, can be fabricated. So I find heavy on my tongue and my heart to refer to that as a doctrine of resurrection. I've come up with a trick. Factual doctrine of resurrection. That's how I call that. A doctrine based on a fact which no one has been able to disprove. All the scholars, all of them, none of them has been able to disprove. You've heard of Anthony Flew? Yes. Anthony Flew was for 60 years the leading world atheist, the most famous, you know, compared to him, Richard Dawkins is a toy, sorry. <laughs> and that man designed a theory of hallucination. Have you heard of that? It was that man. He said the disciples thought they were seeing Jesus. But that man was a very honest man as well because he was awarded the prize of the most honest scientist who follow evidence where they lead. And he ended up believing that it was impossible to disprove the resurrection and came to believe to Christ. Amen. The most notorious atheist which made Richard Dawkins very, very, very angry. Very angry. So, because we are Christians and we have the hope of resurrection in us, it is crucial, fundamental, that that hope is not just a pleasant feeling, a feel-good thing. Now, it's very important that that is founded, rooted in the belief that Christ rose again. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Death and resurrection of Christ I would say are like two sides of the same coins, inseparable. Some people find it easier to disprove, to, to, to dispute the Lord's death. And some more clever people like Islam, they find it more cunning to dispute the resurrection. Actually, both of them, by saying he was very good, God could not punish him. He was just snatched away. Maybe replaced by Judah, something like that. You know, it's very seducing. Very seducing. But Paul is saying, if Christ did not rise again, hmm, we are the most miserable people. Our faith is futile. All the brethren who have gone before us have just perished forever. 
and then in a big triumph. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, I think, Paul say, but now Christ rose again. What do you think if the Pope comes publicly and say, I will die and I will rise again in three days? Not once. He repeatedly says that. Or your pastor. Or the president. Anybody. You begin to think of some mental issues or something like that because it's impossible, isn't it? But Christ, with authority, repeatedly and publicly announced his death and resurrection. The manner of it and the precise day, third day. He said it. Well, one must disprove that first. On that basis alone, Christianity stands apart, is unique, just because of the claims of Jesus Christ and the fulfillment in his life of all the prophecies. He suffered, he died, he rose again, he was buried, he was again, all according to the scriptures. Fulfillment. That Christianity. Dear brethren, Let's remain immovable, unshakable. We stand on a solid foundation, Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus <laughs> Buddha Sakyamuni, his name, Buddha, teaches that about the nirvana, etc. You may know more than me on that one. But basically what he's teaching is different cycle of people becoming perfect, etc. Now, if you're following Buddha, you are basically following someone who himself wasn't sure, did not know where he was going. One Buddhist scholar once said, no, Hindu scholar once said, depending on how you lived, you're gonna be reborn, reincarnate in something else, but you don't have a decision or a choice of the kind of being you will come back into. And a Christian asked him, since I don't have a choice, but I don't want to come back as a serpent. And he say, well, you can still come back as a serpent, but a good serpent. And the Christian say, what is a good serpent and a bad serpent? What's the difference? And there is the perpetuation of evil as well. If you've done bad, if you were beating your wife, then you come back like your wife, and they will beat you, and then there will be that, etc., and so on, etc., etc. With Christianity, one day, one day, the Almighty God will put an end to sin altogether. At the moment, the Lord is giving us his power by the Holy Spirit, his scriptures, to fight, to overcome sin. But one day, 
the Lord will deliver us from its presence altogether. That's our hope. That's a perfect. Do you want to be perfect? Press on. One day. My American friend always tells me, Gia, look forward to that new body. Getting too tired. This is failing me. Yes, there will be a new body. Because one day, this body here will be clothed with immortality and incorruptibility. We will be made like Jesus Christ. Never to depart again from him one day. You see, dear brethren, that's the Christian hope. And Paul says, if we only trust in this life, then, you know, again, everything is futile. This tackles one issue of those who teach that Christians are going to take over everything, you know, all of us, one, two, three, everyone will be coming with a limo, everybody will be all, you know, CEOs. No. That's not our hope. Our hope is eternity in the presence of God. He has delivered us from the wrath to come. Because that wrath is eternal. Because the being being offended is God who is eternal. In order to be saved from the wrath to come, you need an eternal sacrifice by an eternal priest, Jesus Christ. You see, our brother prayed earlier. You see that silence in heaven. Who is worthy to take the scroll and break the seals? Silence, that was quite serious, that silence. That was an unbearable silence in heaven. God would be vindicated there. Jesus Christ, with assurance, came. The only one who was found worthy. Why? Because he was slain and rose again. And he said, here I am. To him be glory. Think about this, dear brethren. Do you realize that being here on earth, we have the revelation of heaven? That's big. Do you realize that from time to time, we sing songs that were revealed to John from heaven? Do you realize that your prayers are sent to heaven and produce a sweet aroma to God? We're not jokers. We're not clowns. It's very important that we take these things seriously. God, seriously. Christian faith, seriously. It's about eternity. Not playing with fire. A different kind of fire this time. Oh, let's read. John chapter 11. <clears throat> Our hope for resurrection. John chapter 11. We will be reading quite a few verses and sometimes keeping some of them. John chapter 11 from verse 1. <clears throat> now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, 
the town of the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Verse 7, then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately, lately, the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Verse 9. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. Verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Verse 13, however, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciple, well, let us go that we may die with him. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb Four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Verse 20. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. Verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was, 
and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Please jump to verse 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloth, and his face was wrapped with, the, with a cloth. Jesus said to them, lose him and let him go. See that Jesus Christ. The whole family loved Christ. The whole family. Beautiful. It was all about Christ. The hope for resurrection, the hope for healing, the hope for help. It's beautiful for Christ to be welcome in a family. It's a good thing. To praise the Lord, despised and rejected by others, precious to us. This family loved and trusted the Lord as well as the Lord loving them. This family believed in God, but they had to face the reality of life in the family. They did the normal thing, they wept, and many people came to comfort them concerning their loss. It's a good thing to do, to comfort people. And to weep is a good thing to do. It's a physical separation. It's difficult. Now, in this story, the Lord is not indifferent of our sorrows. That's a lesson for us. The Lord is not indifferent. It's not distant now. Can you believe that? The Lord knew that he will bring him back. But he still wept. A man of compassion. Don't suffer alone. Don't suffer yourself. Whatever situation, the Lord is near. Amen. Amen. Trust the Lord. It's near. Now, the Lord uses this sorrowful situation to reveal a fundamental truth to us. In verse 23, when the Lord said to Martha, your brother will rise again, she replied to him, I know. Just take the first bit, I know. Martha seems to be slightly problematic. Remember previously? Very busy, complaining about her sister. You know, she's not helping me in the kitchen, etc. And Mary was there at the feet of the Lord, hearing, listening. And the Lord says she has chosen the right part, the right portion. Now, the reaction of Martha here is exactly the same reaction when Mary meets the Lord. Exactly the same sentence. Have you seen that? In verse 21 and 32, they both say the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same. 
Same statement, two different outcome. But check out Mary's attitude. When she comes to the Lord, the first thing she does, she falls down before him. She worships the Lord. And she speaks with reverence in worship. The same with the Canaanite. Remember that Canaanite? To whom the Lord says it's not good to give the children food to them. You know, she said, oh Lord, even dogs, they eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Worship the Lord. Reverence. We are not to dictate to tell the Lord what to do. I command this, I command this, I command this. With which power? You command what? And says who? We pray to God and God will answer on his own terms as it pleases him. Amen. Word of faith to do what? Lies. Human potential. Positive thinking. Declare this, declare that, name it. Lies. Prayers go to God. God answers prayer. Have you noticed that Job dealt with God, not with the devil. He was very clear with God. He complained, he cried, he reacted all before God. And God was in control of the situation. I remember in Africa there was a song, I'm not going to sing that for you. I'm just going to paraphrase. The song says this, we are going in the enemy's camp to take back what he took from us. One day I say, I'm not coming with you. I'm not coming to you in his camp to take what? I better ask God to give whatever he wants to give me. Lies. <clears throat> this is the same Mary who sat at the feet of the Lord and heard his word. Now, what can we learn from this? We cannot improvise spirituality in difficult time. Now, it has to be an ongoing life, fellowship with God. It's not instant. We cannot improvise things. Martha could not improvise. She could just do what she's been doing all the time. But look at Mary's attitude. This is someone who sat at the feet of the Lord. In difficult time, she still knew how to approach the Lord. We need to know God. We cannot improvise things. We cannot live our own way, our own things, and then when something comes, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast. God. It doesn't work like that. We need daily fellowship with God. Obedience to his word. He will know when those times come, he will make a provision. Out of that relationship with him, we cannot impress God. Cannot make instant spirituality. And Martha found herself in a difficult situation and got nothing. And she came to the Lord and said, I know. 
but the other one came and she fell at his feet. Same statement, different outcome. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. Dear brethren, we are secure in the Lord. We are secure. You know, death, if the Lord does not return now, we will all test it. It's not a matter of if, it's when. It's when. Remember that verse? It is appointed to man to die. Just stop there. It is appointed. What is an appointment? What makes an appointment? What's the most important element in an appointment? Is the scheduled time. Yeah? You go to, G to the GP, you're late. The, question, the first question, when was your appointment? Ten minutes late? No, you have to rebook. So timing is very important. The Lord God has appointed a time where, like it or not, one day we will leave this world. Let's prepare to meet our God. It's not a matter of if, it's when. Now, if you're a young person and you think, I still have time, you know, I'm not here to scare anybody, but this is reality. In my company, it's a charity, we do a lot of mentoring, a lot of internships, school placement for young people, 16 to 18, and just last week, I had to pay one of our interns, and I was just preparing the next pay run for the person, when I received an email that that young person in Scotland went out with friends, boyfriends, and two other friends, never to return home. They died, they rushed them to the NE, and they died. Tragic, sad, 18 years old. The young dies, the old dies. It is appointed unto man to die once. After this, the judgment of God. The judgment will come. Make sure that we put things right. We make peace with God. Yeah. Understand why we became Christians. Well, we are not a bunch of jokers. We clinging on to the Lord because he is life. And only in him is life. Anything else, in French we say mirage, vanity, lies. Some people say they don't believe in hell. Okay. There was a spiritist who once invoked the devil and said, I love hell. I want to see hell. The story says that The spiritist was escorted in hell. I'm trying to be gender neutral. <laughs> I don't want to say she or he. The spiritist came back and wrote books and 
video program and say, oh, hell, it's fun. You know, hard rock and drugs and, every, and free. Everything is okay. And so many people are there, so many people. The story goes on to say that when the spiritist died and saw the real hell and went to the devil and said, but this is not what I saw the first time. The devil said, the first time when you came, you were a tourist. We showed you the best place. Now you are a resident. <laughs> well, you see, that's what the devil does. You know, free sex, free drug, free this. In hell is fire. It's not fun. Fire and brimstone for eternally unquenched. Eternal separation from God forever. How do we know that that is true? How do we know that the judgment is coming? Well, Paul, speaking in Athens, chapter 17, he says this. God, overlooking times of ignorance, now commands, not calls, commands every man everywhere to repent because he has chosen a day where he will judge this world by a man whom he has appointed and he has given assurance by raising him from the dead. Resurrection of Christ is everything. And Christ said, no sign will be given to you apart from the sign of Jonah. Resurrection, that's all. If we try to be clever, with our apologetics, our eschatology, it won't go anywhere. We need to explain why Christ came and what he did. And it's the only way. In, politically incorrect, but that's what it is. Okay. I call, I often say born once, born once, die twice, born twice, die once. And I was thinking this morning, maybe, maybe John will make a song of it. <laughs> born once, die twice, born twice, die once. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Those who live and believe in Christ are secure for eternity. There is no other way. No other way. Remember how the Lord prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? The implication is that there was no other way. He said, Lord, Father, if it's possible, there was no other way. You are blessed, dear brethren, to trust in Christ. Carry on, press on. Be steadfast, immovable, rooted, founded in Christ. Knowing that our blessed Savior one day will come. But the reason you're still here is to fulfill his purpose. Put your heart in it. Put your heart in it. Where we're lacking, let us ask him to fill us. He's willing. Now listen to this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, I think it says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, it's not his. We can begin to understand how will Christ raise us up? How will Christ recognize us? Those who have his spirit. 
That's how we know that we belong to Christ. Inward, John Wesley referred to inward witness of the Holy Spirit. No doubt, clearly knowing that we are children of Christ. If in doubt, then make sure that you put things right with Christ. It's not about dad, mom. It's about everyone must stand before God and be accountable for himself. Okay. Let's do a short reading. Actually, we can skip that. Let's go to Thessalonians chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, from verse 13, sorry. First Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We look beyond the grave as believers. We look beyond the grave. The grave is not the end for us. Comfort one another with this word. You see, Paul is saying, in French he says, I have received this d'après une parole du Seigneur. from a specific word from God. You don't find this anywhere else. You find more details in 1 Corinthians 15. But this was a direct revelation from God to Paul for a church that was undergoing persecution. And people were becoming sad. People were dying. People were being persecuted. And the Lord provides that word of comfort. Do not sorrow like those who are without hope. And then he said, if we believe that Christ rose again, even so, then, you see, again, it's uh, like uh, sine qua non, do you say that? Sine qua non is a Latin, uh, without which. is a... Uh, um, um, <clears throat> crucial element, sanquano, without which nothing will happen. So if Christ did not rise again, 
then there's no resurrection. Now, Paul is telling them, if we believe truly that Christ rose again, even so, our brethren who fell asleep, we have to believe that we meet them again. And then he said, comfort one another with that word. That is our hope. We don't know when and how we're going to leave this world. Might be a terrorist attack. Might be a stroke. Might be an accident. Anything. Anything can happen. We look beyond that. That's our hope. Be strong and steadfast in the Lord. Our faith is not based on cunningly fabricated, cleverly designed stuff and to, to deceive tricks. No. No. See that little book there, the first one, red one, is in Spanish. The English one is gone. I took the last one. That is in Spanish. If you read that, they present beautifully four religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity. And they will show you which ones are fallacies and why. If you can read Spanish, I recommend that. I took the last one, the English one. I think for today we're going to stop here, and next time we'll continue for the sake of the time. So, without Christ's resurrection, there is no newness of life. No baptism, no new hope. Christ is all. Christianity stands or falls with the resurrection of Christ. And it's after accomplishing that that he presented himself before God, the Father, in triumph. Everything that follows in the book of Revelation is a consequence of what Jesus has done. And we look to the book of Revelation with hope we are not scared. When we look at the book of Revelation, we see the consummation of everything. Final battle, final victory of Christ and his saints. That's what we see. And that awaits us. I think I'm going to stop there. Let's pray. As I'm praying, you yourself pray for yourself as well. Pray that the Lord will renew the power of his resurrection in your own life. Ask that the Lord will revive that newness of life that we may know him and the power of his resurrection in our life. Let's pray. Loving Father, Lord, we bless your name and we say thank you. We are blessed, Lord, to know these things that you have revealed to babes that we are and hidden from the wise of this world. Loving Father, thank you for sending your son to die for us. We do believe that he rose again the third day as a historical fact that no one is able to disprove, oh Lord, that our faith does not rest in corruptible, cunningly devised fable, but on the Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Lord, we cling on to you. And we pray, blessed Savior, that you continue to hold our hand, Lord, in good time or in difficult times, Lord. Help us, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need your grace and we need your mercy. Emmanuel, God with us, come and help us, Lord. We know that it pleased Yahweh to bruise his son, that we might be redeemed. Oh, Jesus Christ, you enter the heavenly places and you say, here I am, Father, with the ones you've given to me. I have lost none of them. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that, Lord. And he who made the promise is faithful. One day, Lord, we will see you as you really are. We pray that, Lord, you continue to preserve your church, oh, Lord. Preserve us, Lord, that we continue to fight the good fight of faith, leaning on you, Lord, trusting you, Lord, and relying, Lord, on your grace. Pour more grace, Lord, on us. That we may see, Lord, have an abundant, increased revelation of the power of your resurrection in our own life, Lord, we pray. That we will not be like children tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine, Lord, but steadfastly following the Lord. Being amongst those who know the good shepherd, hear his voice and follow him where he goes. We bless your name, Lord. We love you, Lord, because not only you loved us first, but you poured the same love into our heart by your Holy Spirit. Blessed love. We bless you, Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, beloved, Brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding glory, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.